II, an elite U.S. commando team was placed in cryogenic suspension as an emergency contingency plan. The horrific release of Vanguard on an unsuspecting population prompted their revival. These four MMO experts, modified by super science, have dedicated themselves to providing insightful, humorous commentary in the hopes of preventing future catastrophes of the Vanguard magnitude. If you're playing or making a crappy MMO, and if you can find them on iTunes, you can listen to the M Team. Listen to this, gentlemen. Welcome to Channel Massive Minicast E3 coverage of day one. It's getting kind of late and we're getting a little punch drunk, but you've got two shining co-hosts of power here, Mark and Eric. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. No, I, I'm on my second Mountain Dew. I am feeling good. I'm on my first Corona. Uh, Noah won't be joining us. He's immersed in Nintendo whatever. Jonas. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna go over some of the things we saw today and uh, how excited we were about them and some of our thoughts, and then we're going to conclude this uh, mini cast with an interview we did with Riot Games maker of League of Legends. Uh, the audio quality on it is not super stellar, but I think it'll get a lot of uh, good points across. There's a lot of stuff that they talk about that are things that we had no idea were coming. No idea, nuts, people. So this is some good stuff that's going to kind of highlight what they're planning to do with the game for the next year. And it pretty much <laughs> it gets us ready for the conversion from Channel Massive to Channel Legends. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, without uh, much further ado, shall we uh, begin going over some of our favorite things we saw today? Yeah, I just got to tell you, I was joking. Yeah. Okay, okay. Everyone knows that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't know. I thought I was going to convince you know, just in case. It won't be Channel Legends. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you do the next? All right, so I think we'll kind of do a back and forth a bit of what we saw. When we got to E3, Eric and I decided to split up and kind of go our separate ways, and then we met up again twice today, or three times today, yeah, to kind of uh, see what you know the must-sees were, kind mm. of share, share notes, update the Twitter feed, and uh, yeah. do our, our interview. Hopefully you guys liked all those, those pictures and things. I tried to get as many fun things as I could think of, so... Always fun to look at cosplay, booth babes kind of things, all that creative stuff, and, and random screenshots of people just drooling over games. That's always fun. Me, me trying to bowl. That was good. <laughs> that was really good. Well, uh, so I guess I can kick it off. So the first thing I saw, and I think Eric saw too, but we did it at slightly different times, was SOE's DC Universe Online. Which has come a long way, I thought. I thought yeah. it was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, that one, That I was really worried when we were going to this show. Like, I love the way DC Universe looks. Um, I, I love the whole lore behind it. DC Comics, yes, I want to play in that world. But every time I saw the combat, it looked funky. I didn't, yeah. I didn't like that physics. I, it was a neat idea for the physics-based combat, but it really looked kind of cheesy. But I was completely wrong. Yeah, like, I don't know I about you. Yeah, I was shocked. I I played a character. It was a it was kind of a domination type map from like, uh, um, you know, Unreal Tournament style. Mm-hmm. Um, heroes versus villains. I was playing on a PS3 with a PS3 controller. Although there was a keyboard and a mouse that was plugged into it that I could have also used. Yeah, and I tried to switch after a while from the pad to the mm-hmm. mouse keyboard, and I I couldn't handle it. But anyway. You know, I played as a hero who could run up and down walls, which was really cool. I was yeah. running across the ceiling. I think that's uh, super speed. Yeah, super and speed, it, yeah. it was really well done. And it, I just thought, wow, this is this is really cool. The way the the way the um, mechanics were working, the way the the, the animations were clicking, mm-hmm. and then the character models were great. The outdoor scenes were great. Yeah, they um so. They told us that there are three travel powers, which is kind of different for City of Heroes and also Champions Online. There are just way more travel powers. Um, These travel powers, though, are pretty interesting because, for one, they are incorporated into your fighting style. So if you are a speedster, that's really what they're talking about when you have super speed. Um, You're going to have powers related to that. Uh, So that's going to help customize what you can actually do. Um, it's really hard to figure all that stuff out when we're demoing the game. Um, I, I, it took me a while just to get all the buttons and the powers. We were playing with end-game level characters in epic gear. Um, all of the gear uh, is almost like they had a Superman gear, they had Wonder Woman gear. So this is stuff like that's iconic to the characters that we're playing. And, uh, and the end-game, uh, so far what they said, is, is focused around this PvP match system um, and uh, you've got those three powers right um, speeds speedsters you've got acrobatics and you've got uh, flight okay yeah and then with with those three you think they're not a lot of variety but acrobatics by itself uh, at times I was crawling on walls I was gliding off of things. And also, I was using like grappling hooks and stuff. So there, there's Spider-Man there. There's like Nightwing. Yeah, um, totally. And there's like uh, Batman, you know, with grappling hooks. So I think there's a lot of diversity because it's going to affect your combat. And it's going to affect, you know, um, different ways you travel around the city. So pretty cool. Anyway, much more impressive than what I was expecting. Yeah. What's What's next? What's on your list? Your so first, uh, I checked out. Uh, Blacklight Tango Down. Uh, it was, uh, it's going to be on the PSN network, uh, PS, PS, PlayStation 3 network, uh, Xbox Live, and also PC. And it's um, kind of like an arena-based shooter. Uh, it's like a modern warfare kind of future combat. Oh, yeah. And the big thing is that, you know, everyone wears these helmets now, these, like, UI helmets that give them all oh, of these yeah. abilities and everything. Um, so the neat the neat thing that I saw was that you've got these grenades, and instead of them having smoke or anything that would distract a person, you've, you're wearing all these UI helmets, so you can see right through all that stuff. They actually like they cause this optical field 
um, to obscure the view of these these UI these helmets. So it looks like this artifacted, weird, um, just blur. You know. Yeah. So you can use that for multiple things. If someone runs through it. It like completely phases everything out for a few seconds. They can't see anything, but you can also drop it in front of like a doorway, and uh, they can't see what's happening behind it. So you can use it almost as a field to protect yourself. Um, it has a, a few other things like you can call down, you know, ex- explosive like missiles and stuff like that. Like um, strikes and yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, it was it was pretty neat. I liked it. Right what on. you got else on your list? Uh, also at the SOE booth, I saw Clone Wars Adventures, which I hadn't really had any awareness of. But I just saw this like lightsaber battle going on, and I was like, "What's that?" You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they explained it's kind of like a it's kind of like a kids game. It's like for the six to twelve age range. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all mini games. Um, it's got microtransactions. It's got that type of setup. Um, so it's you know, it's kind of like free roams, with, but without the MMO trappings to get you in between the mini games. Pretty interesting. Um, I I liked the the sword fight was kind of a Simon type thing where you had to remember the keystrokes, okay, the key gotcha. sequences, and type them in. Uh, although it was oddly reminiscent of some of the harder um, powers in Age of Conan. Oh, <laughs> you know, like really? Up arrow, right arrow, left arrow, up arrow, right. <laughs> so, so that was pretty cool, and I was kind of excited to check that out. So, is that is that going to be one of those games that you get your kids into? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of okay. what I was. I wouldn't. Uh, once I realized it was for kids, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, what would, what would, would this be good for my 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 son or daughter at some point? You know, so pretty interesting. Yeah, and I know we have we have an interview with uh, Gazillion Entertainment. I think tomorrow, and that's one of the biggest questions I'm interested in asking them with uh, Superhero Squad Online. Um, it seems like it's most successful if you can get the parent and the child right in the same game, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's why Free Realms is successful, and I know Wizard 101... Super like, successful. super successful. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I had, next on my list, Forsaken Worlds by Perfect World Entertainment. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm super excited about this. Uh, hopefully we get an interview on Thursday yeah. with them, because I was blown away by this game. Um, just... I'll, okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna tell you what it is. I know what the the, the gimmick is. You know, with these free to play games, um, they they try to build a stable of of online um, games that that each each one has some kind of neat thing to pull you in, right? Um, so Battle of the Immortals has this crazy soul gear and these crazy mounts and stuff like that, and you can pretty much have a pet of of any enemy that you can fight. You know, um, with Forsaken Worlds. This is the first game that they have created from the uh, ground up for the Western audience. Right. You know, so uh, things like uh, the dwarves, um, they are Western dwarves. Uh, They are Tolkien dwarves. Um, And it still, of course, has like this um, this coat of Asian-ness, you know? Right, (laughs) They have clicked to move and they have, uh, if you look at your quest items, uh, your quest text... You'll see that the person you have to go to is highlighted. It's like a link. You click that hyperlink and it will take you there. You know, that's def- definitely from Asian MMOs. But overall, like the quality 
Um, I know I made you look at the yeah. uh, spell effects like yeah, it was like, great. Yeah, they were like, awesome, they like were... ten times. Um, there are there are blur effects and there are special effects that I haven't seen in a, a free to play MO ever. Yeah, that was over the top. Yeah. Pretty cool, Nuts. graphically gorgeous. Yeah. Um, my next one's uh, for also from SOE, uh, Magic: The Gathering Tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one I wasn't really aware of. I used to play Magic the Gathering, the card game, so I just had to see what it was all about. Yeah. And I'm not into the tactics games like Heroes of Might and Magic or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I mean, the, the only turn-based game I really like is, like, you know, Civilization or something like that. Gotcha. But it was interesting to see it and to see how they had done it, and it was kind of cool to, um, you know, target different target the things that they were summoning, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of see how it was all, how it was presented. It wasn't the most graphically amazing game I've ever seen, but it seemed uh-huh. pretty tight. It seemed, you know... Now, I was I was busy trying to upload pictures and everything while you were playing. Um, I was looking over your shoulder, though. I, I know they said it was an alpha, so maybe mm-hmm. they'll improve the visuals. Oh, maybe, yeah. right? Sure. But how, how does... I know in Magic... You have one chance to kill this one creature, uh, or you have to start over with their HP and everything. Yeah, you're real careful about that stuff. So, do these guys? Do the the characters just have HP bars? Um, They've taken it a, a way away from the card game. So, mm-hmm. you know, they have the they have the Magic the Gathering Online card game to stay true to that. But yeah. this was more like really they took you know Heroes of Might and Magic and said what makes this go, and then they applied the like the the cards and the, the, the okay. spells and the powers to that, you know, but the hit points were persistent, so you did 27 points of damage in this turn and in the next turn, if you did another 40 points of damage, you know, you, you would eventually kill the okay. card unless they were healed. But it wasn't all like in one turn where it's like, I do damage but the other guy counters and heals and mm-hmm. that type of thing. It was more of a more stretched out kind of thing. Gotcha. So, but you have, you have your spells, do you yeah. put down land... Yeah, you get you build land land cards, and it seems like it, as opposed to like in the card game where you'd have like a you know a solid color deck or two colors. You had all I had all kinds of different spells. I had red, uh-huh. white, blue, black, you know, green. Yeah. So not that, really true to the game, but interesting. Yeah, the thing I was most interested in, um, I was only picking up bits and pieces, but. He said that you get some kind of like custom avatar that as you play you you can customize them. Yeah, I didn't get that far. I only uh-huh. played the one battle, but kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Customize your wizard guy or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, let's see. So I have next here. Oh ho ho! You played this one too. I did. Yeah, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Yeah, Eric was obviously cheating. Oh, like, yeah. sure, whatever. I must have read the strategy guide before we played. Yeah, there's one more yeah. excuse, one yeah. more excuse. Come on, come on. Let's it was get an it. off day for me. Yeah, so I, I kicked his headache. ass. I kicked his ass. My thumb was injured. <laughs> I played as, you guys, of course, pick three players. This game is beautiful. I. I didn't know how much nostalgia I had for uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 1 or 2 until I played it, this again and just slipped right back into it, but just just timed everything by 10. The backgrounds, the characters are all amazing to look at. Um, just hitting someone feels really good. I played as uh, Dante from Devil May Cry, uh, Wolverine, 
and Deadpool uh, from another Marvel. Which is the character. one you wanted to play when we were yes. talking about it before. Yeah, we tried to. Um, right under the screen, they had all the moves, you know, but they're real small, and yeah. you have a line of people rabid behind you so you yeah. really kind of just get started before someone pushes you out of the way um, so we were kind of just both butting, button mashing and as I was jumping around evading I would kind of look down and go I think that's the movement I need to do um, and I got some nice supers off and I was just while he was figuring out his character I was able to kick the shit out of him a little bit uh, jumping around. Yeah, he, he lucked out. I was, <laughs> obviously, I would have turned it around, but I got distracted. Yeah, um, sure, by the pretty graphics, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah the, the breathtaking <laughs> graphics. But yeah, it was a really cool game. It was fast and furious, and it's interesting. It's like, you know, it's like um, Capcom versus uh, Marvel 3, right? So you mm-hmm. get three characters now. <laughs> yeah. So I had the Hulk and Captain America and Ryu from Street Fighter, I think, so... Uh combo I had, but yeah, it was pretty cool. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I liked I, I'm definitely interested in it. So what's next for you? The next one for me was one that, when we were talking about what we were looking forward at E2 two for E3, it was one at the top of my list which was Power Gig Rise of the Six String. Um, so basically it's the competition for uh, Rock Band and for mm-hmm. Guitar Hero, the whatever the one is where you have all the instruments. Um, it's it seems to so far just have a guitar and a drum set up, uh, but there's and a micro- microphone too. So I, I think you can probably have somebody play bass. But it was pretty. It was pretty interesting. Um, the guitar is really different than the rock band or the guitar hero guitar. Mm-hmm. Even the even the rock band pro guitar can't really hold a candle to it. What really? Um, yeah, because it's actual strings. Uh huh. Um, and. When you're playing in um, game mode, it's the typical, you know, color-coded system of five colors. Uh But um, when you get into more advanced um, playing, you can actually have to play chords where you have to fret each string correctly. Do Uh power chords, you do regular bar chords, and it's you know the positioning has to be just right. Now you don't have to play those all over the neck. You're you're kind of only having to worry about holding those positions. Um, across five frets, mm-hmm. um, which it's repeated, so you can either do it like in the the bottom position where the where of, of the the neck, or you can come up to like around the sixth fret and do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty cool. And the really interesting thing is when you're when you're out of game mode, you can flip this thing up, and all of a sudden the strings will ring. Uh-huh. You know, they're not. It's got kind of a muter for the strings. Oh, okay. You push this thing down, and suddenly it's like a real guitar. And son of, a, son of a gun, it's got a jack. You can plug it in, and it's an actual electric guitar. Okay. So you so. can actually play the thing, you know, in a, with an amp or whatever. So how excited, because I know you are a musician, like how excited are you for this game? Oh, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be cool because, you know, I, and I like I say, they only let me play it on easy mode, so I don't know how hard it gets. Mm-hmm. But the difference between, you know, mashing a controller down... You know, mashing you know three of five buttons down in various combinations between having to fret different strings, you know, at, you know, or play play a solo like as close to the actual solo as you you could mm-hmm. is huge. So the difficulty can go off the scale from what we're used to from Rock Band. I mean, 
yeah, with Guitar Hero and Rock Band, maybe you've got the rhythm, you've got the timing, but you're not doing all the other stuff that yeah. the musicians are actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not as much expression that you can do. Now, I didn't... In the, in the beginner mode, I didn't get into any string bending or hammer hammering on or pull-offs or any of that stuff, you know, trills or, mm-hmm. you know, it was just really basic. But it was pretty cool. So, so all I saw, you know, was the... The crazy, this crazy setup that they had. They had oh, that was like the a, coolest setup. Yeah. So what? What is it like? So it's they set it up like it's like a it, it's set up like a little bar, and uh, like a typical like bar where you'd see a local band play or something. And so you have to go to you have to go to the ticket booth to get in, which would be like the front you know front of a bar mm-hmm. to pay your cover. And they give you a band, which I still have on, yeah. to get in. And then you have to get past the bouncer. And then <laughs> once you get past the bouncer, you're actually in the booth. Uh-huh. And they have a bunch of different little kiosks set up to try the game out and play it. Uh-huh. And then if you want to sign, if you wanted to sign up to get like basically the equivalent of the rock band, um, you know, box that they they had, which had like the guitar and the drums and the microphone. Uh-huh. Um, you had to get up on stage and play, so I did that, of course. Oh, okay. So, so, so the singer was like, uh, you know, she was obviously there to, you know, she was a performer. Gotcha. But everybody else was, um, you know, people coming up to play, like mm-hmm. a different drummer and different guitarist and stuff. So that was pretty fun. Did you see the? I know with the power gig, did you see the drum like? Yeah, the, the person who was doing the drums were they doing okay? Because there's nothing there, right? There's just sticks. It's like no, there's this little. The thing I don't understand is like they've gone over the top on the guitar. Like the guitar mm-hmm. is like such a cool thing. The drums look like a huge step backwards. Now maybe I don't understand, or maybe mm-hmm. there's different levels. But the the like the rock band pro drums totally kick ass on the drums for uh-huh. this because it's just a little pad of four drums and the guy yeah. was actually sitting on the floor so I was like How, where are you doing for the bass drum but I was too busy trying to <laughs> keep up with the singer to to really know I just remember looking down in horror I was like where's the yeah. actual drum set you know gotcha you know because of the rock band pro they've added in cymbals and they've got different drums now that mm-hmm. feel more like drums and two two. Uh, it's like a double bass drum set and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've gone over the top. So if you could kind of mix those two together, like this guitar with those drums, mm-hmm. you know, you might be set. Um, they also are licensed with totally different musicians than have been in Guitar Hero or Rock Band. So they've got like a Dave Matthews exclusive contract. They've got That's crazy. Like that. So it, it should be pretty interesting. And mm-hmm. then a bunch of indie artists, but... Anyway, that was sorry to talk about that one so long, but it was interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm interested in it. Main, not for me. Like I am a medium person on any Guitar Hero game, oh, yeah. and I'm fine with it. But my girlfriend, fiance, I said fiance. Yeah, got that. <laughs> but uh, she is obsessed with this kind of stuff, and soon oh, yeah. she started seeing these guitars. She 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 has a a guitar that she wants to learn songs off of. She needs that motivation. Oh, yeah. This is a perfect excuse. She will yeah. be playing these things, get the basic chords for right. them, uh-huh. and then have an excuse to move on. Yeah, totally. With a, you know, a guide. So of course they're not going to teach you how to play. I think they're saying that clearly, right? Yeah, they want it to be a game. I think it's so close, though. It's like I think the next evolution will be where. You know, with this technology, they could have done it, but I think they mm-hmm. wanted to kind of make it a bridge. But, like, maybe their pro version will be, like, mm-hmm. where it literally is just the guitar and you have to hit, you know, all all 12 frets with all six strings in a combination. Or, mm-hmm. well, you know, there's, like, 22 to 
24 frets total, but usually, you know, because it repeats. It'd be cool. I mean, you could actually do it. You could make people learn the songs, mm -hmm. you know, the whole thing. You could do it. With, with this one, I think they were so close, but I think that would have just been too crazy or yeah, too daunting. Yeah. So they kind of went with a middle middle of the road level but yeah. it opens the door up for somebody to make it so that yeah if you learn the song in this silly game mm -hmm. and then sat down with a real guitar you would know the song yeah you know which would be awesome i would totally yeah. dig that and I, I wonder this is just a silly thought but I, I wonder if educational games yeah are to video games what um like uh, christian rock is the rock music? It's like totally no, 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 no. We're not a Christian rock band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we're not educational. It's not educational. No, 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 no. Oh, but you did learn something. Yeah, yeah. You don't want like a stigma. So there's, but they're slowly. They have to move into that because it's got to be headed that way. Um, oh, I'm, I'm just lucky. I'm, I'm glad that it's not just giving you a motivation to then look, look for that. Yeah. It's giving you somewhere to start. Totally, which is, which is neat. Yeah. Um, I. We spent a lot of time in the the West Hall, right? That's yeah. where we spent most of our day today. Yeah. Um, and we kind of walked around and and decided, hey, we're gonna we're gonna get a preview of the the South Hall. Um, yeah. So I I went over there and it had a lot of Xbox stuff, Ubisoft, a ton a ton of other things. Square Square Enix was there, um, but they had the Summer of Arcade titles. Right. Um, and I I got to see Limbo. Uh, I got to play that. Um, that is fantastic. I uh, I just it's really subdued, it's black and white, shades all over the place. Um the depth of field in it, it's it's a freaking moving painting at right. times. Um and the uh the character is a silhouette, it's a black silhouette with with white, you know, contrasted eyes. Um and it's it's a platformer. It's like a platform puzzler almost at times though because uh, they play around a lot with, um, I guess, the stylized nature of things. So you'll you'll run across things and say, "Is that grass?" Because I mean, <laughs> what is? Yeah, that? it's what is it? You know. So you walk across it. No, it's a bear trap, oh, and right. the the deaths are pretty gruesome in it. Uh, the when the bear trap comes up, your your body squished and your head falls off. <laughs> yeah, you, <know? laughs> nice. you know, and, and it's great because I really like the way they're playing around with things because. At, you're, at times you're glad that it's just a bunch of silhouettes because right. I came across like this this carcass of something oh, I don't know what it was maybe. yeah uh, yeah I had to do a puzzle um, where I had to pull a bear trap under that jump on a rope and it would snatch up that carcass of whatever it is and that would actually allow me to go up a, uh, uh, the, it was weighing down the rope and I'd go oh, up yeah. a little further and jump you know oh, yeah. um, I think playing off the name and I don't know the backstory of it super excited about finding more ab about that but I think you're supposed to die a lot sounds, sounds <laughs> about right yeah I think it's like trial and error it was never <laughs> frustrating right. uh, it was really interesting to, to play that stuff um, I don't know it just got me I, I, it's a good start to like the summer of arcade stuff so. totally um Let's see, the next one I played was <laughs> Brunswick Pro Bowling. Whoa! Eric got me a shot of that. It was just an accident. I was taking <laughs> pictures of the... We were in the Crave uh, booth or area. We were taking pictures of the... I was taking pictures of like, the Bear Gorillas game um, <laughs> for uh, for Man vs. Wild, because I, I love that series. <laughs> and I just thought it was funny. And, and then I was taking a picture of the uh, Deadliest Catch game, which all I saw were these really 
hokey graphics of this this like crab um, cage with crabs in it. I was like, I can't believe. As like, I think the tweet was like, Does, did the world really need a man versus wild video game? Yeah. I don't know. But while we were there, Eric like shamed me into playing the bowling <laughs> because I've made so much fun about that move controller or whatever it yeah. is for the for the PlayStation. So that's what it used, and I started trying to bowl and. Some European guy just kept staring at me and was like, you need to move differently. And so he wanted me to be more expressive with it, but I only had like a two foot by two foot box to stand in. And so, of course, when I brought my arm back to throw the ball, I hit somebody in the leg and the ball just (laughs) dropped and then it like slowly rolled. Yeah, no, you got got like half those pins. Yeah, it was just the slowness. (laughs) And the guy was like, and then the critic, the critical European guy was like, you've got no spin on that ball at all. I'm like, dude, I hit a guy yeah. in the leg to yeah. do this, right? And that it's was, like, it was very close to a nut shot. Yeah, it was it was pretty yeah. funny. So yeah, that was not not my not the highlight of my my time there. Yeah, yeah. I, but, I'd have to say that for all the hype that uh, it's got nothing on like Wii bowling or from mm-hmm. Wii Sports or whatever. I mean, it was well. I mean, all the movements and everything you were doing. Like I was I was watching you, and I don't. I, I don't know if it's the game's fault. It could be the the developer's fault, where it's just basic enough that you can't see it. Yeah. But there's nothing that is needed for whatever the move says it's better. Yeah. Than the Wii, you know, like yeah. there's there's nothing there that the Wii can't do just as well. You know, and I'm not being a fanboy or anything. It's just the the move is supposed to be way more precise in every way. Um, yeah. It's just like I've had this for five years. Right? Yeah. And I got it for free <laughs> with the console. So. <laughs> well, whatever. Um, so I the next game is another summer of arcade title, right? Because uh, I tried to play as many as them as of them as I could. There are five summer of arcade titles in total, and I played three of them. Um, the next one again, I'm super excited for Monday Night Combat. Right. Um, I checked out some some previews before we went, and I I checked out a couple trailers. I didn't know a lot about it, um, and I, I just knew it looks like Team Fortress. Right. Right. <laughs> But it's made for the consoles, right? And it's it's uh, it's even more like uh, comical and mm-hmm. silly. They're going after like styles like a roller uh, rollerball. Oh yeah, and um, Smash TV. If you played that game Got ever, it, yeah. of this crazy m- game all about violence and money, you right. know. Um, so you have this thing called like a money ball, and and that's what people are after. Right, uh, okay. And it's this ball that once you open it up, it just showers coins everywhere. When oh, you awesome. shoot someone, coins come out. Oh, you know, um, but it's class based. So the one class that I was able to play, I played a tutorial. Um, they created a tutorial for the uh, the assault class, and there's going to be tutorials for all of them, right? And as you get money, you actually in game as you play, uh, you upgrade three skills. So he has this skill that's. Um, it's like a, a jetpack, right? But it's it's used for hovering only, right. you know. So it's increased oh, mobility. Cool. So uh, I was in a small area, but I'm going to be able to, as that guy, um, if I want to move from one ledge to the other, it's a little too far to jump. I can just move there. Oh, I can stray cool. from the air from that, that kind of position and everything. Um, and then there's also a charge ability. And he had these grenades that you you threw, and then you could detonate later. Oh, wow. um, and he had two weapons. He had a grenade launcher and an assault rifle, you know? Yeah. And pretty self-explanatory there. But the neat thing is they give you 
different melee abilities depending so like the the grenade launcher actually gives you this really neat one hit kill like if you're careful um one thing that i think is going to interest you most mark <laughs> is that there's this mode i cannot remember the name of it but mark they had mode? A, yeah well it's it's pretty much made <laughs> for you because you start the match and the money balls here there's a money ball here you spawn with a bunch of minions Oh, cool. And you go towards and work your way, supporting your minions, trying to get to their oh, money ball. Oh, how funny. Yeah. What kind of game kind is of that? Dota-ish. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, cool. So, but it's a, it's a third-person shooter. Huh. And there are going to be a bunch of different classes. Each class supports different things. Like, there is an assassin. There's, um, there's like, a, a demo guy um, who's... He's, I, I don't know. You guys, we're going to post some of this stuff in the show notes. I got a hilarious trailer for you to watch. Um, that kind of showcases a couple of them, but super excited about it. Oh, that's want to play it. Um, let's see. The actual game I liked to play, since we're not talking about Brunswick Pro Bowling, was uh, Terra, which is an MMO, and uh, we've got an interview with those folks tomorrow. Yes. So we'll we'll have a lot more coverage. Um, so jealous you get to play this. But it was it was pretty cool. It was like uh, you know. The whole thing they're saying is that they've they're it's they redefine the MMO genre, mm-hmm. or the other slogan is it's the first real true action MMO. Mm-hmm. So the things I think they're talking about that make it actiony are you get swarmed by minions like uh, like in Diablo or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just kind of starting out, so I didn't get that far. I was killing trees. <laughs> As an elf, how ironic! So uh, it was pretty. It, was, it looked pretty good. The graphics mm-hmm. were great. The quest system seemed cool. The map was kind of cool. It kind of grew, real, real stylized look. The character creation was pretty solid. I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really looking forward to getting an extended play session tomorrow and mm-hmm. and doing the interview and kind of our big thing. We're going to ask him is what really makes you different. You know, yeah, that's what yeah. we want to know. So because this action thing, like. People don't... I, I, it's okay. I know Um, we have a, a person who replied on Twitter. I, I, I'd have to look up your name. Sorry, I don't know, but thank you for listening if you are. But you mentioned DDO. Um, and DDO is, is an action-based game. Uh, I'm not actually saying that this is super original and this is the first time this is ever coming out. But this is the first time that multiple companies are all coming out at the same time. So there are at least, what, four, yeah. five games about to come out that are action-based. Yeah. Action, you know? It seems to be the thing, right? Like, yeah, so, I, don't, I mean... Trying to take the stale kind of, you know, tab. Like, targeting in Terra was totally um, not based on the tab. I hit the tab right. key and it didn't do anything. You uh-huh, have to yeah. wade into battle and, and it figured out the target so, you were swinging so at. So do you have, like, a... Like a, a I don't know. Did you play a warrior class or a range class? I was playing a uh, mage class. Okay, so I mean, I kind of had a first person. Yeah, it's kind of like I had a little targeting thing, but it didn't. It didn't seem to matter that much. It's Mm -hmm. like I, I. It wasn't like auto targeting. It Mm -hmm. would just play missile if I missed. Okay. So I'd have to. I'd have to get up a little closer than I would have liked for Uh the mage, and then hit him. And then I couldn't figure out how to really run very well. Okay. okay. So I was kind of like a bad mage. 
yeah. you know, like standing there getting hit and dying. <laughs> but it was it was interesting, and the spells were pretty cool. Yeah, so, I'm I'm excited to, well, to check that. out. Yeah, we'll have a lot more tomorrow. Uh, and okay, okay. So um, the last some of arcade game that I played was Laura Croft and the Guardian of Light, which is it's a dual stick shooter. It's um hmm. it's one of those. It looks like um, three quarters view. I guess that's what you call it. Yeah. Um, and Diablo kind of game uh, where you're running around, and then uh, actually like Space Siege, I guess, uh, where you know you're moving around with the left stick, and then you shoot in the direction that your right stick goes, um, and you can select different weapons. Um, your it's with with Laura Croft games. You start out as like a tomb hunter, like a yeah. tomb reader, literally, and then it goes into some fantasy direction pretty quick, right? This one from the very start, you're fighting demon dogs, and oh, wow. you know there are things exploding. Um, I didn't get into like the puzzle aspects of it because I got into a conversation with the uh, uh, the person presenting it, kind of finding out the, the, sure. the odds and ends. But the most interesting thing I found out about it was they it's a co-op game. And a single player game, okay, um, and it's different. Uh, they've retooled it, uh, you, whichever way you go. So if you're Lorecraft, you're playing a single player game. Um, you get all the tools that both characters get in the co-op, okay. Oh, that's cool. Um, and you can go ahead and play the game, and it's different because you don't have uh, those two characters interacting. Right. Um, in the co-op, though, that's where they really want you to go and play because you're getting more out of it. There's sure. a there's a whole there's a character who's like a looks like a South American native, huh. um, and he's got a spear. He's got this. Uh, I think it's a magical spear, right? Oh, In the cool. single player, you get that as Laura, right? Uh, and it actually helps you solve puzzles and do other things. Um, right. in, in the co-op, you guys are working together together to get through certain things. Um, looks like fun. In truth. I don't really like the Tomb Raider series anyways. Um, I'm kind of tired of it. Uh, and any new direction they want to go... You're all for it. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, great. Well, one one I kind of stumbled across because I wasn't too hyped up for it. I mean, I was hyped up for it, but I guess I wasn't, wasn't like, super... I hadn't read all the stuff. It was Vindictus. Mm-hmm. I just kind of stumbled across a little play session with it, mm-hmm. and... Um, I have to say, I was pretty impressed. <laughs> the, again, it didn't have... It was more of an action MMO. It didn't have the targeting system with the tab. Mm-hmm. It was done better, I think, based on what I saw with that than Terra. But I was playing it as a melee character. Mm-hmm. So kind of... A, it was like... It was a weird thing. They left it set up to where... I was in a party. Um, and we were doing a boss encounter out in the open. And it was like this open kind of like a tomb and it was this giant kobold guy Mm -hmm. and the first thing I noticed was that I was really getting into the combat like I remember when Age of Conan came out I was like oh my god this is the coolest combat system for MMO ever Mm -hmm. but with this one it was even more so because I could actually see the guy winding up for a swing Mm -hmm. and it wasn't because there was anything graphical going on like a meter or a you know a power up happening over him I could just see him pulling back his mallet to swing Mm -hmm. and then I could I could dodge in a direction and roll Mm -hmm. and get out of the way of the swing and Mm -hmm. he would miss not because of some math but you know because I was actually not because of a percentile roll or something because I was actually out of range and I had done that way different than what we're used to you know 
way different than the mud system uh-huh. right? that mm-hmm. is really kind of like the the mechanics behind the the, the glossy beautiful yeah you know way that the most MMOs are done mm-hmm. so that was really cool and then I was sneaking up behind him, behind him and slamming him and stuff when and the other characters were doing it too but I was lucky because I I think I figured out first exactly how to you know I think I let go faster than the other party members mm-hmm. as far as trying to play it like a regular MMO I started to play it more like a fighting game mm-hmm. and it started to do way better and then gotcha. we, so we took him down finally and it was a huge boss battle and it was wow. like so I, I don't know much about the game yet we have uh-huh. an interview with Nexon tomorrow so yes. before tomorrow's interview I will read up about it more <laughs> but based on just my random play session combat experience uh-huh. I was I am most excited about that game yeah yeah and the For, thing to know uh, you know you heard Nexon it's free to play yeah yeah I mean, absolutely can't wait to play it yeah but, and this like it I I I was trying to find you yeah. somewhere. We were about to leave. It was getting close to six. Things were about to close down. But I walked past that, and I was like, I can't hold out. I'm not going to wait till tomorrow. I sit and play, and I just run around, you know, pretty much just looking at the shiny armors and stuff oh, like that. You, did you notice you could destroy the environment? That was nuts. I didn't even mean to, and I uh-huh. like, knocked down a column. Yeah, I had. Um, I was running through this area. I didn't get to fight a boss or anything, but I, there were these like wolf monsters. You know, there were a bunch uh-huh. of them running around, and I, um, I moved out of the way uh, behind a column, right? And they just came up and smashed the column to pieces. Oh. I was like, oh, you were you were in the same place, and at some point, their boss is the kobold. Oh, guy. Okay, okay. And he goes to this portal, and it's like a cinematic kind of thing. And uh-huh. He starts to do something, then he sees you and gets mad and ch- starts chasing your party around. Mm-hmm. So you were, yeah. From what I've read of it, cool. I want to I want to get this all clarified when we go to talk about it with Nexon. But it seems like. It's a you've got a lobby system where you're in a you're in a city a town city where you can go and they have auction houses they have all of that stuff right, right. and then you go off um, into an instance area you get like a list of, of, of places that you can go and there are always four people up oh. to four people and that's okay? what my party was yeah four so four people is the max and you're huh. gonna see all of these I think instances of the like the different missions right and you, you go into that I wanna see what that is so it yeah. looks like it's a small instance based you know mission based kind of system um but it's it's beautiful yeah like I was really impressed by that and you constantly have to remind yourself this is this is free yeah this is gonna be free to play yeah when this comes out like I'm just gonna jump in yeah you know? So. so cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, okay. I had one last one. This was... See, got, end of the day, huh? Yeah. They, well, this is the one that I, I played, and they shut the monitors off. Like, this was 612, something like that. They were like, ah, okay. You don't yeah. have to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. Um, it was Vanquish um, from, pretty sure, the creator of Resident Evil. Um, definitely not Resident Evil. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad or anything. I didn't get to play enough because, of course, it was time to go. Um, and I haven't really done any research on it. You know, I watched one trailer. Uh, but it's freaking nuts. Like, they have the they had the controls there for me to look at, so I kind of I kind of figured things out. But it's, like, super over-the-top combat. Um, it's, it's the Japanese interpretation of cover-based combat from, like, oh, wow. Gears of War and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so there's this flair and style. You have 
you are a Halo type character, right? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, you have a super suit. Uh, I don't know why, but it's super, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are these units. They're they're coming at you from every direction. You are in part of an invasion squad, and I just pretty much move forward the entire time. But when I move forward, like there's this boost ability that pretty much you just get on your knees and just boost. So it looks like you're like sliding, like in this dance move. Saturday Night Fever slides. Yes, but you're doing that upstairs. You're doing it like across, like wow. you know, gaps and stuff, and you're shooting the entire time. Then you're grabbing cover. And the animations for the cover, they kind of change depending on how it goes. If you're getting shot a lot, it seemed like you started hunkering down more. Oh, um, and they have these these characters uh, that are in these big, huge mech walkers. Oh, you know? weird. And yeah. the way that they're set up is um, they're actually, like, controlling these mechs with, like, a keyboard. Um, and, and there's this big, huge cover, so it's really hard to kill them. From from direct, like you can destroy the whole thing, but it takes yeah. forever. So you have to sneak around and either flank them or come back up from behind. And I went ahead and d- did that, and I was like, uh, maybe I can uh, get up in that machine, and start blowing stuff <laughs> up, right? Um, so I I got up on the machine, and that's how I knew there was a keyboard. I start hacking this thing, and I turn around, and there's one right beside me. He's turning around too, and I just blow the heck out of oh, him. Oh, that's right? awesome! Um, and then I've got this. Uh, this woman in my ear, you know, telling me, oh, you you better get out of there. There's some kind of temporal thing going on. I'm like, I have no idea what this story is. So oh, wow. there's time travel? What? And then he goes, is someone popping in? And I'm like, what? And then all of a sudden, the world started to explode. And I get busted out of this giant mech and, and just thrown <laughs> into some cover area. And it turns out that, like, somehow a whole squad of people... Um, they teleported in and pushed everything out of their space. Oh wow! So I don't know what the story is, um, but it was it was fun. That entire time was frantic fun. Yeah, it sounded like so, it. I saw you playing it. I just yeah. I was checking out something else. But I'm I'm definitely going to go back and play it again just so I can get a, a better impression of it and talk with them about what the story is, what the world is, what they're trying yeah. to pull off with it. Yeah, pretty cool. Neat. The last one we have is Battle of the Immortals, and I didn't even know what was going on with the demo. It was a <laughs> kind of badly set up demo, I think, because the game's not as hokey as that was. But I had some max level character with this this creature, some kind of summoned thing that I controlled behind uh-huh. me, and I was just in a room full of crates, and I would walk around <laughs> and the thing would destroy crates, and it's just like, well. This seems like kind of an abuse of power. These (laughs) crates appear to be defenseless against this mass-level golem of destruction. Uh But it was kind of interesting to to see. The graphics were pretty. Yeah, so Battle of the Immortals is already out. You can go and download it and play it. I think I have downloaded the Mm -hmm. beta at home. And the big thing with with them, I mean, we we had max-level characters in what they call Soul Gear. And and this is a three another three quarters yeah. um, view game. It looks like a Diablo uh, game for yeah. sure. And what they do is they put a lot of care into their armor. So this armor, if you stare at it, like oh, the gorgeous. shoulders are moving. Yeah, there's things coming off your back. Yeah. you know your robes and and your and you've got like a the priest has a staff that has wings that are flapping and stuff yeah. like that. You know, so absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, and I I played uh, an area because I played the game before, but I'm nowhere near getting any of the really cool mounts. You're right. So I got like a little steampunk 
um, looks like a Volkswagen Beetle almost, right? <laughs> and I'm just putting around in it, you know, oh, and there's yeah. a little putt smoke coming out and stuff like that. Super cute. Um, I think, you know, the big issue was that um, there's not always someone around to reset it for yeah, you. Yeah, totally. So you get stuck in these areas. I did that with the person <laughs> in Limbo. Uh, I uh, I played it for a while and kind of got stuck in a puzzle, oh, and right. I was like, I can't wait to figure this out, but I'm not gonna right. spend 20 minutes figuring out what I need to do. Yeah, you're gonna so, move on. Yeah, so I, I gave it to another guy. And He's I was like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of I kind of left you in a screwed up position, and I saw someone how they could reset it, so I just hold this button down. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, but um, a big thing about Battle of the Mortals too, you know, that golem creature we were talking about. Um, those were the Zodiac pets. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, the Zodiac pets, there's a pet, a super rare pet. Uh, the way they describe it is like there are a bunch of different situations. You know, sometimes you have to go into a dungeon mm-hmm. and you have to do uh, a crap load, you have to grind out things, but also it's just different actions. They were kind of vague about it, um, but they're super high quality. You oh, know, okay. like the one that I saw was uh, for Capricorn. And it looked like freaking Diablo, Goatman. Like it was, it was <laughs> twice the height of my character. Yeah, that's right? what this thing was like. Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely freaking nuts. And uh, the the pet system in you know um, Battle of the Immortals, pretty much every enemy that you fight, when you kill them, there's a small chance they would drop themselves. themselves. Oh yeah. yeah, that's what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah, and that you can then summon that creature, level them up. You can fuse them together. Oh wow! Freaking Pokemon, man! Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, um, pretty nuts. Pretty weird. Pretty nuts. Is uh, that a free to play or is that yep. a subscription? Yep, oh. it's by Perfect World International. Same people That's do right. Forsaken, and then another game. I think like I think it was called Heroes of the Three Kingdoms. I didn't get to check that one out, but yeah, I'll probably do it saw that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that pretty much concludes our our tear through the various uh, West and South Hall. Yeah, exhibits. We we got more, a lot more to do tomorrow and the next day. Yeah. But uh, uh, pretty, gives you a pretty good idea of yeah. what we were doing. So we tomorrow seeing. we have an interview with um, Tara, right? right? Yeah, that's that's what we're gonna go with. And with then the producer. we have yeah, and then we have um, Nexon. Yeah, right. We're gonna hopefully go through Dragon Nest. We're gonna go through Vindictus. And possibly Dragon uh, Dungeon Fighter. Uh, that's a game I've played before. So it's out also, and it's pretty fun. Um, and then, later in the day, about four-ish, I think we're going to go with Gazillion Entertainment. Yeah, that's right. Superhero Squad Online. And then also Jumpgate Evolution. Yeah, that'll be cool. That is... Whew, I'm super excited about that. Um, and then I think... We totally have to like appreciate the the South Hall fully. Yeah. Like we didn't go through everything. At all. Then we got a party for free to play games to go to. Oh yeah. So I hopefully hopefully that's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, it'll be cool. Not as big as the Activision party that no one went to. But oh my god! Nothing is with a five million dollar budget. Yes. Eminem and Usher. Pretty much ten huge stars just <laughs> like in. it was like the Academy Awards or something. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anyway, I think that pretty much closes it up. We're gonna we're gonna now play our uh, cool interview with League of Legends, and if you're if or well with Riot Games, makers of League of Legends, mm-hmm. with their producer, and if you're a League of Legends player, I think you're gonna hear some stuff that's pretty awesome. Yes, and I I'm personally I'm just gonna tell you, I'm personally super excited the way that they're introducing this stuff and being super vague about like the stuff you'll hear in it. I I think it's. I think it's introduced 
uh, way better than the stuff in um, what Heroes of New Heroes Earth. Heroes of New Earth, yeah. You know. So, anyways, I'm gonna shut up. Have fun. Just a quick intro for this interview with Riot Games. Uh, we pressed the record button shortly after the interview began, like within 10 seconds, but we missed the names of the two people we were interviewing. So we were interviewing Herman Petersheck, who's the producer, who's just a brilliant guy with all kinds of good stuff to say and mm-hmm. very excited about the product. And then uh, Connor Campbell was his handler, the PR manager. Um, both guys were just they were great so yeah yeah really uh, really impressed with if, what we if heard all of these the interviews that we have in the next few days go like this one I'll be totally happy I, I left really feeling like all of the admiration and everything yeah totally totally warranted yeah exactly love the direction they're going to take things so yeah. let's uh, get it rolling um, so what we're showing here today is we've been out since October, and um, we're releasing um, a series of features that we're wrapping up called Season 1. And so where we were is basically pre-season, and now we're going to move into Season 1, which is where the competitive aspects of the game is going to have tournaments and prizes and all these kinds of things that we're going to be announcing. To, to handle that, there's a series of features that uh, we're releasing. Um, it's ranked games. So right now there's just normal games, and everything's kind of cool. So that's going to be split out. To get into a ranked game, you have to be uh, level 20. And um, there's three different types of ranked games. There's three, three, uh, 3v3 pre-made teams, there's 5v5 pre-made teams, and then there's solo game in 5v5. Um, and so you can, you can basically uh, succeed in each one of those brackets. So the idea is that people play normal games, and they get better and better at the game, and they move over to the ranked game, which is much more competitive. It also keeps the sort of super competitive players from, you know, making the normal games uh, too challenging. So, which is something that these style of games kind of have as a difficult barrier to entry. Um, ladders will be tracked on the web. I'll show I'll show you some of this stuff. Um, and then drafting, which is a big thing. So right now, you just kind of pick when you're in a champion select. You just pick whichever champion you want. And so we're adding a major feature, which is draft mode. Very, very common theme in mobile style games. And I'll show that as well. So um, on top of all that, <laughs> as if that wasn't enough, we've actually done a lot of rework to the, to the front-end client. Um, anybody who's seen this before knows that the normal login screen doesn't look like this. So we're trying to make it look more, you know, like a rich, engaging experience, you know, pushing the, the feeling of the game deeper, right. you know. So uh, we've gone with this look that's sort of a, a very sort of, uh, you know, concept art looking feel with a very web, t- web 2.0 front end. A lot of uh, 2.0 front end. A lot of the, uh, the front end are moving to this style, yeah. probably because of the, you know, the iPhone or something, but um, so we're, <laughs> yeah. we're moving in that direction, making everything look crisp and more professional. Um, so here we are. So we've redone the frame. This is the main landing. Page. Did you just launch this in the last couple of days? 
No, no, this hasn't been launched. Or yet. this is what's coming up. This okay. is coming up. This is okay. this hasn't been launched yet. You guys are seeing this. Like we haven't shown this to anybody. Wow. Yeah. It looks really, really nice. Yeah. So yeah. we changed the front end. Much better. This is the main landing page, so you can see we did a bunch of things. Like there's only a few buttons. Um, we still have these inside. This is actually an update area that tells you what's going on. That's new. If there's a, you know, if we're having. Um, you know, some issue that we need to communicate about the server status or chat or right. something, we can display it here oh, so that, you know, instead of just going to the forums or whatever. So we're trying to develop features that allow us to communicate with our user base better. And this is all on top of the Season 1 stuff that we're doing. And so it looks better, it's easier to use. You know, a nice big, bright play button. Um, this is the new player profile screen. Oh, and so you can cool. see, this is for rank, this is for ranked games. Yeah. And this is actually bronze, silver, and gold. And you can see this is the actual ELO score. And these are the different areas. So this is the three-man pre-made for Twisted Tree Line. Ones and twos for Summoner's Rift and the five-man five Summoner's Rift. And you can compete in those different ones. And then you're yeah. ranked. And then on the web, you can go look at the ladder and see where you are in the stats. And then you can see up here all the familiar stuff, champions, runes, masteries, and spells. So we're organizing it better, presenting it, making it a lot more visually appealing. Yeah. And it's kind of foreshadowing some of the more sort of longer term um, systems that we want to uh, incorporate to give the game real longevity going yeah. forward. So we're very, we're very committed to the product as a whole. And so um, we wanted to make sure we had stuff that was not just for the, the hardcore players, but also for new people coming in or people that don't want to play in ranked games. So there's a lot of things we can do with that. So um, I'll show you... Uh, Draft mode here in a second, oh, so you can cool. see we've also gone through, made the graphics better. It's just a general quality improvement to right. the product is, is is the goal. Um, and you can see like normal and ranked games very nicely divided. You have to be ranked 20 to get into ranked. Um, you know, we make this cool graphics to kind of draw people towards it. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna create a practice game here. Real We're never quick. gonna see you again. No. Yeah, I hope not. It's going to be tough to do the podcast if we can play this all the time. <laughs> so you can see it's uh, blind pick and draft mode. We're still going to support um, blind pick, but draft, uh, draft mode will be enforced for uh, things like ranked games. Um, so I'll create a game here. I'll add some bots so we can take a look. And as you know, um, draft mode is timed. And it's a, you know, basically the way that draft mode works is there's two sides. They each have, in this case, five people on a team. And this one picks, and then it's two, 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 down. Oh, so, like how Heroes of New Earth does it. Exactly. And uh, and I think Dota did it as well. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so the idea is that choosing champions is an intricate part of the strategy. Before that, there's a banning phase where the team captains get to pick which champions can't be played during that match. Yeah, right. And that oscillates as well. I think three per team. And then um, <laughs> that would be funny. And then also, it's exclusive pick. So if oh. I pick Rise, you can't play him. Right. And so the idea is that if there's a whole meta strategy that's built around this competitive mode of play. And that's in ranked play only, or it's in anything that anything that we extend um, draft mode to. Oh, okay. So, so it's like a toggle that you put onto the game. Um, it's enforced in some areas, selectable in others. In ranked games, it's enforced, right? Because okay. it's, it's a meta strategy in the game, and it's considered part of the game. Like, there's no... You can't back out of it. Like, once you're in draft mode, you're locked into that game. Right. Because, of course, you know, you can't have people leaving there. It but the idea... It really changes the way that people think about how to play it. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, oh, wow, you chose that champion. I'm not good with that counter, but I can play this other one. Yeah. And it also creates a kind of urgency. So it's kind of happen or happening organically now, but not, yes. not like that. Like, Correct. we're like, oh, we need to tank faster, you yeah. know, something like that. But that would, yeah. And, awesome. and I'll just, sh I'll show you here in a second. But like, yeah. we've done, we've gone to a lot of lengths to test this, to make sure that it's intuitive for people to understand. Right. Because um, there's a lot of things going on. 
So normally these would be player selecting, but I'm playing against AI. So right now I'm in the ban phase, so I can just ban, for example, I can ban Garen. You can see, huh, he's banned, right? I can ban Israel. My sorry, favorite. Sorry, Noah. <laughs> uh, so, Not so Israel, like, Garen. So like, so like those players are banned. So now no one can pick those champions. They're grayed out. We also show the ones here. So we're communicating lots of information. You saw that this is all orange, so like it's call. It's a call to action for me. Yeah, so I, and now the timer's to, going. Exactly, the That's timer's cool. going. It's all time. I like As the colleague. As dictates. So I'll pick a colleague. Oh, um, spells are single select, single click select, so it's very quick. You can pick masteries here. None right. of this page changing stuff going on. Oh, that's great. Um, nice. And then once, once you lock in your picks, you know, you can see it's subdued, right? So normally it's blue when it's my turn, it turns orange and comes up. Right. And so now... Um, While they're doing stuff, you can choose the they, skin. Yeah, there would be other players picking it. It would oscillate back and forth. And then I can pick skins and I can change my spells and masteries and chat with people. And then um, once this is all over, then it goes into the game. And so, as you can see, like not only did we we're adding a whole you know rich set of features to the game, but yeah. we're also doing it in a style that's much more intuitive, much more engaging to people. Like you heard the sounds there, yeah, and things yeah, like totally. that. So it was, it's really um, it's really a big improvement on the product, in my opinion. Well, yeah, um, you know, and you guys have seen it, so you can kind yeah. of see um, where we're going. And then you know that we'll continue to to add that all over the place. I mean, right. we really are committed to making uh, the, the the product have uh, long legs. I mean, it's enjoyed. A very, very. Oh, sorry about that. It's had a, it's had a really good, you know, run as a launch product. It's continued to grow. Yeah. The popularity, more people play it. You know, they enjoy it, and so we're just going to keep, uh, keep improving it in all kinds of different ways. That's great. And when does the season one start? Our um, stuff roll out. We haven't announced the oh, exact okay. date, but you should be staying tuned. Well, and you can see that a lot of the content is very close to being final. Yeah, uh, it looks so sharp. You can imagine it's coming up close. Quick, so yeah, uh, we're we're just not quite ready to oh yeah. that date, but expect yeah. it you know very soon. Yeah, awesome. When are new maps coming, or are they not? Um, I, again, it's planned? one of those things. Um, so we've got lots of things in the pipe, nothing that we're ready to announce right now. Yeah. But um, we do know that, that, I get that question all the time. And we get yeah. it on the forums, of course, and we're aware that like um, people want new maps, they want you know new game modes, they want, they want all kinds of yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, we try, to, as a company, we try to make sure that we deliver at a quality level that's yeah. good. So, whoa! <laughs> I'm glad you That's weren't standing sad. right by that. Yeah. yeah. You all right? That. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get hit. So I don't. I don't warned you, but I didn't even see it. Go. That's sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, we're constantly working on that kind of stuff. Maps are pretty tough, just because you know. I mean, you saw it with the original Dota, right? Like, it's hard to make a map that's really good yeah. under all these different conditions. So, I mean, yeah, we could slap a bunch of maps together and put them well, out. Well, then it fragments it, people, too, it right? Fragments, so it fragments the buckets. Yeah. Like, fewer people playing on more maps is not... Right. I'm curious to see what happens with um, with games that do that, that allow people to play on lots of different maps. Um, it right. is, you're right, the bucket problem is a big one. Yeah. You have it with levels this way and with content this way. Yeah. Um, if you split that too small, no one can play a game anymore. Exactly. So, but yeah, I mean... We, we are aware that people want that. When you, I didn't catch it in draft mode. When will that like uh, display like the number of leaves a person has so that people can avoid leavers? Like, you'll be, you'll, um, so leaving will be punished much more harshly in ranked games. Oh, thank you. Thank um, God. Yeah. So like it's it's a, it's a much more competitive style of play, um, and we'll, the rules of enforcement will be slightly different because right. of that. Um, you know, and you'll be able to see your rating. We suspect, um, we'll see what happens, but I think that um, by adding ranked games as an option, th there's like a, 
the more serious you are as a player, you kind of want to play over here because you don't yeah. want to be over here with these guys. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think just by virtue of doing that, a lot of this kind of like hostility resulting from different people mixing yeah. had, that have different goals. Like, I try to imagine what it would be like if I was driving down the highway with a bunch of NASCAR drivers. Or oh, something. yeah, exactly. Like, they'd hate me, right? And I'd be stressed out <laughs> of my mind. You just kind of naturally like, you just go need, to like, slow lane. different highways for <laughs> yeah. those people, right? But I still yeah. like driving. Right, right. I don't want to be, like, I can't drive because I'm not a super awesome driver. Yeah. And so I think what will happen is, like, those people will go over there, and then you'll see this, we're building, like, transitions over there, right? Like, right, breaking it, forcing you to be rank 20 to get level 20 to be in there. Yeah. So it'll act as a bridge as people become more competitive. Because right. no one wakes up and says, hey, I'm a competitive League of Legends player. Like, yeah. you have to go through that learning curve. Right. And then, if you, you know, as you get better, you move over to that. So I think we'll see that it's a much nicer ramp as opposed to like this. Yeah. That's the goal. And, you know. What are, are you guys working on any solutions of what to do when someone just stops or they abandon like right at the start of a game. You're talking about like AFKing? Yeah. We've got ideas for how to handle that. Um, it's a challenging problem. Uh, you know, like I'm sure you saw with like WoW Battlegrounds you can report people. Yeah. So there's reporting, things like that. Um, and then, you know, it depends. The motivation of the person is difficult to detect. Like, it's hard to tell if someone's, like, disconnected and they're going to come back. Right. Or if they're deliberately trying to grief you, you know. And so um, it's actually a, a difficult problem. But, yeah, we, I mean, we are working on things How like that. How about bots? Because I ran into one of those in the last week or so. Bots has a similar kind of thing. Like, sometimes it's easy to detect because people are running in a very predictable pattern. Um, again, I'm, I hope that we, we, as we introduce the more competitive side, like people will move over here and we can deal with the, the more sort of uh, single player problems, I guess, you know, the sort of solo problems in a less sort of competitive environment. But um, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like everything, right? You just mentioned that the, the third one is, of course, cheating, right? And so like those three are sort of like the ongoing nuclear war between the developer and the exploiter. Right. And so you just dedicate some percentage of your development resources to finding and, and killing those things. And one of the things I say is, like, you know, it's easy for me to say, you'd be like, hey, well, why don't you guys just fix this problem, right? It's a big problem. And so the trick with development is what you don't do, not what you do, right? right. And so here's, like, a thousand things we could do. What should we do? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's they're not always obvious, um, and we don't necessarily always do exactly the right thing. But we spend, a, uh, you know, I've, I've been in the industry for a while, and Riot cares more about what players think than any company I've ever worked with. Like, there's a lot of direct engagement from the developer to the customer constantly. Like, people at the office play the game all the time. Oh, like, you know, yeah. there's there's many people in the office that are top-ranked players. I so it's, it's So we're very aware of the problems that, that people experience. Right. We just have to figure out, like, what's the best way to tackle them. And, of course, as our player base grows... The the, the, the the rewards for being an exploiter go up, and therefore the number of people trying to do so will increase. But we've been pretty, you know, cheat-proof up until now, I think. Oh, yeah. Is there a, a content ceiling in terms of... I mean, do you guys plan to create new heroes indefinitely? Or is it like once we hit Season 1, then you're going to focus on other development things and the heroes get locked down? Um, well, there's a lot of different ways to handle that kind of stuff. I mean, there's no plan to stop making heroes. Yeah. Um, but there are interesting... So maps are very unlikely, or much less unlikely than heroes petering out. I wouldn't say that. I think maps are harder to make than heroes. Okay. In, 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 in one sense. Yeah. Right? Um, so really, it's, it's really a unit time over content problem. Um, you know, um, heroes add a lot of interesting gameplay elements. Um, 
and we can, I mean, we have a really good method mechanism for making those. We're very practiced in making heroes, and we're very comfortable with doing that. So I don't yeah, think that yeah. pipeline is going to stop anytime soon. There's no plan to say, oh, there's no more heroes after here. But there's things we can do to sort of um, make it interesting um, so that there's not just, you know, here's 100 heroes and anybody can play anything on any map. Like, there's rules we can set up in order to take advantage of, to make the game more interesting if we think that makes sense. To answer that question, kind of go back to when you had it earlier, um, we recently hired, I think it was like 30 new staff. Uh, majority of them have been focused on getting the season one things finished up. Yeah. So another reason we hired them was in order to work on new game modes. So um, while, you know, the, a new map won't necessarily be included with the start of season one, all that new staff, you know, they're there to work on uh, new modes, new maps, new game features, and stuff like that. So we do expect, as our staff continues to grow, uh, more of that type of content to be available and much quicker too. Cool. So again, it might not be available at the beginning of season one, but it's coming. Um, and you know, as we continue to grow and get more feedback from the community, we can implement that stuff a little quicker. Will thirty always be the max rank, or would that be another potential growth area? Potentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're not. We haven't actively said anything about raising it. I mean, the game is still primarily a skill game. Yeah. In that yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. That's so, not a traditional MMO from that perspective. You know, we're we're cautious about the whole um, skill versus um, stuff kind of yeah. conflict, right? It's it's yeah. It's why you don't you know we're we're not. You're right. We're not a traditional MMO where you go by the sort of power and now your champion does ten more damage. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's not the kind of game we are. And, and word of a thousand truths. Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> and so, with level, it's one of those things. Like, it's nice. It's it's. We want to make sure that we don't want to just raise the level cap. Yeah. You know, we want to have a meaningful reason for doing yeah, something exactly, like that. Exactly. Exactly. And League of Legends is like the first Dota style game I've ever played. These guys got me into it. Yeah. And I mean, I, the only way I can compare it is it's like a fighting game. Uh, for me, in that I don't really get any motivation for leveling. Like it's a, that's a fun part, but right. I love learning each character, and I, I pop in just like any fighting game, and and I just if I get if I get stuck on one character, I just move on to the next. See, that's why I prefer stuff like this. Yeah. Like rather than trying to get my level up, it's like I want to get my rating up. I want to yeah. improve my my rating in these different things, right? And so we're exploring different ways to sort of yeah. represent the the achievements that people can have and let mm -hmm. them celebrate those. Because, you know, being able to show off how badass you are is a really important part of a competitive game. Yeah. Right. You know, and so we want to explore those areas, too. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a badge system or something. There's something parallel to the level. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that's great. Right. And then, like, along similar lines, um, something else with, you know, the, the ranked games and ladders that we're putting into Season 1, those types of features um, make uh, tournaments and other types of competition um, more easily available. Right. So we're going to have tournaments for prizes throughout Season 1. There's going to be a big, like, kind of end-of-season tournament to crown, like, the Season 1 champion, um, giving people even more motivation to get into the game and continue to, you know, as you said, learn new champions, learn new strategies. So level 30 isn't necessarily going to be the cap. It's just going to be kind of, I guess you can say, the starting point because you've got all these, you've got the tournaments to look forward to in that final competition. Right. Yeah, it's, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I had a question about, like, I'm kind of, a, I don't know if I'm an unusual player, but I go for assists more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, I love laning with someone. Yep, me too. And just helping. Yep. Like, yeah. I don't care if I kill anything. So will that work in, bragging rights with that? Like, will I be able to say, I'm... I'm best support. You'll, you'll look for me because I can help you the most. We're 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 actually internally discussing those kinds of things. Like, how do we how do we how do we deal with stats? 
right? Because like on the one hand, if you show too many, people can turn into like number crunchers, yeah, yeah. and that's not always good. But if you don't show enough, then yeah, you do that. So we're we're exploring ways of doing that. Like the nice thing is that with things like ranked games, when your team wins, you win with your team, yeah. and yeah. so that's represented by your rating, right? Mm-hmm. So like yeah. if you're a really, I, I'm an assister too. Like I like here, you know, I like. Um, I like champions like Needly that can be like healers. That's my favorite. Right? And like I like Akali a lot because Akali can go in and do like the quick little damage oh, yeah. and then get back out again. Yeah. Like I like playing that sort of support role a little bit more than just running in and like snacking smacking things down. So I understand, but but we want to make sure that the game feels like as a team we're beating the other team. Yeah. And we want to encourage that, right? Mm-hmm. And um so yeah, so I I, I think um, but it's an interesting point. Like how do you how do you within the team call out the individual achievements? And we do some of that within the games, right? When you do something really good, it you know, announces it. So right. maybe we can explore that more, like do more gotcha. of those kinds of things. It's a good yeah. point. I guess I guess that works in with like because you need those support hugs. characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like forming hugs and everything. Because when I play with them, they know what I do. You know, I'm I'm the assistant person, so we yep. move together. But finding my role in a pug sometimes really hard. Yeah, it's especially especially challenging because it matches you based on skill before you choose your champion. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's no way for anybody to know like which champion you're going to pick. Right. You can seed it maybe or something. But yeah, it's a, it isn't. I mean, these they're all interesting problems. Yeah. Like I like the way you guys are thinking. Right. Is like you're you're approaching it like. From a development point of view, we always try to approach as players, mm-hmm. you know, because fundamentally that's what we all are, right? Is we're like we're all players trying to make the game better, and yeah. we all do it in different ways, right? Yeah. And so, like, I think it's a lot of fun. Okay. It's a um, lot of fun. A, a real, we've talked about like kind of problems just in this type of game, but one thing that I think you guys have overcome, and I'm kind of wondering how you're doing it. If there's some kind of math involved <laughs> or what? But the balance that you guys have, especially with all the heroes, yeah, I find I have not found that in like any version of Dota, and not yeah. in, in Heroes of New Earth certainly. We, um, I'm not. I'm like, how are you doing? How are you? How are you doing? Um, <laughs> Without giving out. So an I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a designer, right? Um, but I can tell you that um, the design department at Riot Games is unbelievably good. Like um, all the way from the leadership all the way to interns like it's very we're very serious about the design of the game right. uh, and Tom Cadwell who's our design director he's he's very meticulous and thoughtful about making changes like on the one hand like I heard this description of, of, of balancing a live game and I thought it was really good it's sort of like imagine you're a waiter with a tray of food and people right. are randomly adding food and you're like roller skating right like <laughs> yeah. balance is not the state that you achieve yeah, it's, it's constantly responding to what's, what's changing right Right. So you'll put a new champion in, and people will figure out this champion plus this thing creates this impossible situation. Like the trifecta. And there's no way that you yeah. can anticipate all of those scenarios. Yeah. And so I think good design is you anticipate most of them, right. and then some get through, and then you have the wisdom to either interfere or wait a little bit. Because right. sometimes if you wait, somebody will come up with a counter right. that might take a week or two to develop, right. but... And if you kill it right away, you've ruined a part of gameplay. Yeah. And so, like, it's... T- I mean, I don't know... I don't actually know. I think it's. I think it's. Um, the design team is very experienced. They think about all their decisions carefully. They listen to the community a lot, and they play the game all the time. Yeah. Like there's design playtests constantly, and they're constantly looking for ways to, to make sure that it's fair. You know, right. it's very serious. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think I, I actually think at a lot of companies, design is sort of like, oh yeah, designers can you know do whatever they want. Yeah. And there's very few companies that take design incredibly seriously, and Riot just does. 
Yeah, it's, and I think that's why it's phenomenal because there's so many characters beyond what it started with, yeah. you know, already, and they're not and they're innovative, and, and you know? they're innovative, they're not just like, especially like uh, Mal Malazar, Mal Malazar, yeah, the, way, yeah. the way he's got the whole different, you know, the the force field thing of death yeah. and everything. I mean, like. You know, that takes things in a different direction, you know, just graphically it looks cool and different and everything. Well, I mean, that's a great example, right? Like, the design was committed to delivering a champion that had an interesting mechanic like that. Yeah. And it was significant tech work to make sure that that worked and, like, a lot of testing to make sure it couldn't be exploited and it didn't have bugs in it. Like, we put a lot of work into making, you know, people say, oh, you know, you just released a champion or something. But a lot of work goes into trying to make... What about that champion is interesting compared to the other ones? You know, try to make each champion an interesting experience. So that yeah. When you play them, it's like a new game again. You know, it's like designing. Oh a yeah, chess piece. and it is. That, that's the good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like you're, it's a new so, unwrapping a new toy at Christmas. I'm, I'm glad you like them. I oh mean, yeah. That we're that we're all we love it. We love yeah. doing it. It's, and yeah. it's real fun in company tests. Um, I don't want to. Yeah, sorry, sure. in, But uh, we are running a little short on time. So okay. if you have any like last minute questions? Sure. Well, I don't know. Pretty much. Okay. Do you have some? Yeah, I don't know if you can answer this, but with the with the champions when you release them, yeah. some of them seem really timely. They come out with other like Prince of Persia just came out. And <laughs> I know you probably heard people say this, right? I think it's fantastic. Yeah. That you guys, you know, somehow get you know, but it takes a lot of balance to create these characters. Yeah. So is that just chance? Is that just working out that way? Um, maybe sometimes it is, but I, I don't know in in, the, in this particular case if it was thought out that way. But the, uh, I, I know there's a lot of planning goes into those kinds of things. Um, you know, as as serious as we are about making each champion unique and interesting and cool, we also believe that it's important to deliver updates reliably to players because they, you know, that's that's why they come back. They want new experiences. So, you know, it's it's tough to be a company that both that adheres to those things, uh -huh. to doing regular updates and making sure they're high quality. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, people work really hard to hit those two objectives. And, and sometimes it works. I mean, sometimes it is time. Like, if we release if we release a particular champion skin along with an event, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. The it does happen. Yeah. That, that, and that's not accidental. I don't know about the case you're, you're specifically stating. Mm -hmm. It could be just cultural influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. So if we wanted to get in touch with you for future coverage, would we be able to? Uh, yeah, email course. interviews or whatever? Yeah, or? I gave you guys my card. Um, just shoot me an email, give me a call, and then we'll work something out. We're always yeah. available and interested to work with you guys. Cool. We're pretty much already covering each and every character when it's announced. We're just like, Sweet. Oh, yeah, this we, how this character we, can help me. <laughs> we, we started out as an MMO podcast, and we started covering other games, and that's when like Gene Sun started spamming me about this League of Legends game, okay. and I started playing in the beta. And got really into it being a, do a DOTA player. I was really into it. Yeah. And I started talking about it more and more on the podcast and roped them in. And now we have listeners who are like, hey, could you do a whole segment just on like strategy for yeah. League of Legends? <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that. So it's kind of cool. So it's really, you guys have really uh, captured us, our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So many of our podcast episodes are about it, you guys. I'm glad. I'm yeah. Glad. Well, one last thing before you go. Uh, these are cards that have. Um, an FTP on it. It's going to have assets from pretty much everything that you saw here. Right on. The only difference is that uh, one thing that we weren't able to show is Thank you. Uh, the graphical enhancements to the overall website. He mentioned that we're going to have ladders on there and things like that. Right. So there's some screens on there to see what the site looks like, what the ladders are going to look like, what stats are going to be available publicly, and things like that. Oh, great. So take a look. And, uh, and there's no embargo? No, not at all. Right on. Great. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. 
And so that pretty much covers our interview with Riot Games and day one of E3. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow for day two coverage.